This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? Indeed it is the Monty Show. Wednesday, October 20th, we are a mere 33 days away from not doing a show for a week, and I can't wait. Let's go! Uh, (laughs) Maui is in 33 days. Uh, It is chest day at the gym. What do you bench? Uh, Do you even lift? Uh, So, Uh, yes, I do. There's a lot to look forward to. By the way, it snowed a bunch yesterday, so there's even more to look forward to. The supply chain aft me in the A last night. Aft you in the A. <laughs> That's exactly right. And the right. internet wasn't working this morning. And the internet wasn't working. Screw you, Mevo camera. Uh, <laughs> we have a ton to get. We'll get to supply chain and all that good stuff. Uh, but it is opening night for your, my, and we, uh, the note, the Utah Jazz open their NBA season for the 2021-2022 year against the Oklahoma City Thunder at Vivint Arena tonight. And the question on everybody's mind is, can the Utah Jazz win a championship this year the way that they're built? Now, it would seem that this is a completely different roster, uh, with what seems to be a lot more depth. Well, when Rudy Gay's, you know, heel isn't falling off. But it would seem like this is a deeper, better team. So, Jake, the question is, are the Utah Jazz going to compete for an NBA championship this year? Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know that I'm ready to say they're going to compete for a championship. Are they going to compete to win the Western Conference? Yes, they will. Uh, They they absolutely will. They'll be in that fight all season long. Um, But I just have some reservations about whether they're actually a championship caliber club or not. And, and, And I think that it is... It is rarefied air. I mean, you're you're talking about being better than you know everybody else except one team. So I think it's I think it's hard for me to to say that about the Jazz. But I do think, like I was saying yesterday on the show, I do think they're undoubtedly, uh, without question, a top five team in the West. And and I think it really depends on how everyone else is going. You know, I I, I look at the Lakers last night. And they clearly have a lot of work to do. You know, uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis look healthy and look good. Um, but I think that chemistry-wise, defensively, uh, and, and Russ on the offensive end, they just have a lot of work to do. So, you know, come midseason, I think they're going to be, a, you know, a lot better. They're going to be a, a more cohesive group. So right here today, yeah, I think the Jazz are going to come out and they're going to look really good because the core of their team is unchanged. You know, you've got pretty much all the same guys you had uh, in your starting five, not much has changed. So, so to me, I would expect the Jazz to come out, get a win tonight, and get the season off uh, on the right foot. But it, in terms of winning a championship, I think this whole conversation around keeping guys healthy and load managing, you know, the Mike Conleys and Joe Ingles of the world, really is the the beginning and the end for this team because we know what this team is on the floor. We know they're going to shoot the three ball at a high rate. We know that they're going to play, you know, pretty solid defense. At times they can be had, but pretty solid defense overall. And we know that they can compete to to win the Western Conference. So I'm not ready to say they're a championship caliber club. I'm not there yet. But I am ready to say they're going to compete for the Western Conference. Yeah, I, I think 
And we're going to talk about the Lakers in a minute, but I think what we saw in Los Angeles last night should be terrifying to Utah Jazz fans because as poorly as the Lakers played and as poorly as they looked and as bad as they looked in that fourth quarter defensively, uh, you had Anthony Davis and LeBron James just going off last night. So you see, you know, Giannis last night, Kevin Durant last night, LeBron last night. You see the best players in the league last night getting off. That's what you need to see out of Donovan Mitchell tonight. Donovan Mitchell needs to be a superstar tonight. And really, he needs to play, you know, 100 basketball games this year in the NBA. And he needs to be the dude every single night. And if that happens, the Jazz have a pretty good chance of winning every game that they play. Uh, now, you're going to need more. You're going to need more Mike Conley. You're going to need to figure out, well, what's Eric Paschal's role on this team? Uh, you're going to need to figure out how much can you lean on Hassan Whiteside behind Rudy Gobert? Uh, have you figured out how you're going to defend smaller lineups yet? Like you have all of these questions, but do you have answers? And I think that's what we really find out tonight. And obviously health is at the center of everything that we're going to talk about with the jazz. So how many games, what's the over under on how many games Mike Conley plays? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the over under is probably, you know, I, I, I don't want to be harsh, but probably somewhere in the 50s, I would think. I mean, legitimately, I think you have to load manage them uh, a, a good bit of the season. I, I, I really do. And, and I think you have to do that against the, uh, you know, not like you're going to do that in road games against teams that you really should be able to handle, you know. So you're going to play Mike Conley against your, your, your tougher opponents. But I think when you go out east and you play a really bad team, why wouldn't you rest Mike Conley? You know, so I I think you know the over under for games that Mike Conley plays should be somewhere in the fifty to fifty five range. That's that's the amount of games that I'd like to see Mike Conley play. That said, I'm still really nervous about Mike. <laughs> you know, like there's no reason not to be. This is a guy who who what did he what did he miss like thirty some odd games or or whatever it is. That's that's basically what he does every year. So this is a guy that missed you know well over. Uh, a quarter of the season, if not more. So I just think that the the Utah Jazz did a great job this offseason sort of backfilling and, and basically ensuring themselves against the Mike Conley soft tissue injury that is bound to happen 10 weeks into the season. You know, I mean, that's just going to happen. So, you know, Jared Butler is going to be a huge deal this year. Can he, can he produce at a, you know, 15 points, you know, four or five dimes a night rate? If he can do that, they're going to be in, in, in a great spot. But, you know, the one thing that, that I will say on the health topic is, you know, Rudy, uh, I believe it was yesterday or the day before in his media availability, was talking about how if he had been fully healthy in the Clippers series, that that series would have turned out differently. And my biggest problem with that is that I still feel like a lot of these guys are living in the past. I still feel like on Twitter we get the Jazz beat writers talking about the Clippers series still. And all I'm saying is, dude, like, let the Clipper series go. It's over. It's done with. Like, we're on to a new season right now with new faces and new names on this roster. So let's get after winning. And that's exactly what they need to do tonight. They need to get off to a 10, 15-point victory tonight. That's what I would expect. Uh, yeah, I think Oklahoma City's far below. Uh, that's a lot of points. 10 to 15-point wins is, is a lot of point on opening night. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think that's un, unreasonable. Um, you know, I, I expect them to come out and be strong from what, what we've seen. I also think Denver and Phoenix tonight's a huge game. I mean, you, I don't know. 
I don't know what to expect out of the Phoenix Suns. I mean, this DeAndre Ayton contract situation is clearly something that um, is hanging over this ball club and probably will um, until they figure out his long-term position in, in, you know, with the team or without the team, frankly. Um, I wonder what you expect from the Phoenix Suns. I also, this Michael Porter Jr. vaccination situation with the Nuggets, like there's a lot of questions at the top of this conference, mm -hmm. right? I think the performance you saw in the fourth quarter out of Steph and the Warriors, if you're a if you're a Dub Nation guy, you should feel really good about what you saw in Los Angeles last night. But the Utah Jazz are going to come out and set the bar. This was the best team in the NBA during the regular season last year, and it absolutely meant nothing. And so I think this Jazz team has to come out and show that they're not the same team they were last year. And I think that's going to be very difficult to do. You're obviously still going to be elite on defense. I don't have any doubt about that. But I don't know. Are they still the best team in the NBA? And, and I guess doesn't matter in the regular season. That's, that's probably a different conversation. But are they still the best team in the NBA right now, do you think? No, I mean, I, I don't think that – I don't – so here's my thing. I don't think that they were ever the best team in the NBA. Where, where their stretch is, sure. But, like, when you, when, you, when you look at roster construction, when you look at – you know, how their roster compared to other rosters, the Jazz were just playing better basketball as a, as a team at that point. It wasn't that they were actually like a better team. It was, right. it was other teams not bringing their best. And so, you know, I, yes, the Jazz are dangerous. There's no doubt about it. They can beat anybody in the league. Nobody doubts that. Nobody doubts that the Jazz are going to be somewhere between a five and a one seed this year, depending on how close the Western Conference is, because we all know the Western Conference gets really, really tight at the end, and it's literally like half a game here, half a game there. You know, so so my biggest thing is is they were never the best team in the league, but they are a team that's very dangerous. If you do not bring your best, the Jazz will beat you, and they won't have any problem doing it. So, so at the end of the day, you know, for the Jazz, obviously Don's got to stay healthy. I would love to see Don just play out the entire year with no injury. That's what I would love to see. Number one. Number two, Bogdanovich has to have a big year this year if the Jazz are gonna uh, if the Jazz are gonna make noise in the Western Conference. Meaning that the three point percentage has to be there, and this this whole thing about him being on the block needs to be a factor in games. I'm not saying to feed him the entire game on the block, but what I am saying is that when you have Bogey out there against the second unit of the other team, take advantage of that. Abuse those guys on the block. Get high percentage looks. And then lastly. Uh, and this is something we talked about all season long last year. I felt like the Jazz tend to get three ball happy. They tend to, they tend to to get lazy with their offense and just start taking a bunch of threes. I really want to see them not do that this year. I want to see them work their offense and get the three ball look by moving the ball because too often it turns into Don, you know, getting the screen from Rudy and just making an individual play, and that's not going to be good enough this year to to win the Western Conference. Well, I, I think that's interesting in itself, like stylistically speaking, because yeah. um, there was a conversation on YouTube and on Twitter yesterday about I, I said that I think there are some jazz fans who would rather have Dennis Lindsay instead of Quinn Snyder. And I, I believe that's true. How many we got a little bit of heat when we said that, you know, Dennis Lindsay needed to go. When we told you a week before it happened, he was going to go. Yeah. And then when fans were defending him. You know, I'm amazed that fans don't see the state of the cap and the state of this roster a year ago and, and believe that Dennis Lindsay was a problem because he was. I don't think Quinn Snyder was a problem, but now it's time to prove that. 
And when you talk about, you know, style and you talk about rotations and whatnot, who's going to play and who's not going to play? Because, again, I also think the interesting question is going to be, how soon do we see Jared Butler pick up his first 20 minutes in a game? How soon do we see, um, you know, a, a significant impact from Trent Forrest? Or, like, I just, I don't know why you would even play Oni or Yudoka Azubuki. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just think that those are those guys are minute eaters, right? I mean, you're you're not going to play those if you're you're not playing those two guys if your entire roster is healthy. But but on the Jared Butler front, I wouldn't be surprised if he got 15 minutes tonight. I wouldn't. I I, I think that I think that it's the first game of the season. Like last night at the end of the Nets game, for those of you who didn't watch, you know, the Nets were only down like it was like five minutes or four minutes left in the game, and they were down like 10 or so. And it was funny. Steve Nash took out all the starters, right? He said, "Hey, it's game one. We got we got eighty one more games to go here. You know, great. We lost this one. On to the next one. You know. But you've got Budenholzer on the other side for the Bucks, keeping all the starters in. So tonight with Quinn, my what I'm really going to be looking for is how aggressive is he with the starters. My guess is Don's going to play his full allotment of minutes. My 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 other guess is Mike Conley is not. I would think that Mike Conley is going to be." Uh, in the high 20s for minutes. I don't think you'll see him get over 30 minutes. But but with that being said, I think Jared Butler is going to be a thing tonight. I think Jared Butler is going to get minutes. I think he's going to get consistent minutes. And the real question is going to be, does he take care of the ball? Because think about what his role is. His role is, is to bring the ball up, get the team into the offense, and if it's not there, try to create something for himself. So ball security with Jared Butler, I think, is going to be you know, of the utmost importance. But I just think that Quinn can't be so stubborn with the young guys. He's got to be able to play them. But which young guys have even earned an opportunity? I mean, obviously, people get all excited about what you see in summer, and I just don't think NBA Summer League is that meaningful. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Yudoka Azubuki can – there's – I mean, he's very limited. That's a very limited player. And you went out and flashed a lot of cash on Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside. I don't see him playing. Trent Forrest is a guy who, frankly, has to recover from this concussion that was amazing. That fall was wow. Yeah. But when he gets back, I, I like what is what are you hoping to get from Trent Forrest this year? I just don't see a lot of avenue to play young guys outside of Jared Butler. And I think that's where Quinn Snyder's happy, frankly. I, I don't think that Quinn – is a guy who wants to play young guys. I don't think he's ever shown a want or a willingness to play young guys. And frankly, that debate has always been something that um, I think stands between um, a lot of Jazz fans and Quinn Snyder. I mean, I, I'm i a huge Quinn guy. I think schematically with this roster, um, he's going to do a much better job. I think if they don't go to the Western Conference Finals this year, I would make a change. Mm -hmm. I mean, they need to take a big, big step forward, play for titles, play for conference championships, yes. play for league championships. That's the caliber of player that you have on this team. And frankly, it's long overdue. And I think the, the, you know, the last several years of disappointments in the playoffs have to come to an end now. And it, it whether it's injury or whatever, I, this is, this is make or break for Quinn Snyder. If he does not go to a conference championship, I, I don't think you can bring him back. And if every player on this team gets hit by a bus and you're playing a G League team and they don't go to the conference championship, I'm making a coaching change. It doesn't matter why. This yeah. is this roster has a bunch of dudes who are injury prone on it. You have guys that are going to miss time. 
You, everybody jokes about the Lakers being the oldest roster in the NBA, and they are. This is not a young man's team here in Salt Lake City. If you look at, uh, again, Rudy Gay is already missing time with heel surgery. Mm-hmm. Joe Ingles is not getting younger. Bogey's not getting younger. This is not a young roster that you're playing with. Mm-hmm. So to me, you need to win and you need to win now. And if you can't do that with Quinn Snyder, you have to make a change. And by the way, on that front, small note, if you don't win this year, your your next year is not really an option for you because of the cap situation because you've paid so much money this year to bring guys like Conley back and, and all these things. So keep that in mind as you're talking jazz. Yeah, I, I also think you, you're going to have a very different roster when the trade deadline gets here. I think you are going to see – I think you're going to see some uncomfortable deals at the deadline because that's the only way that this team is going to improve. That's the only way that this roster will be good enough to win a championship. Because right now, I I don't think anybody believes that this Utah Jazz roster is good enough to compete at the top of the NBA because it's not, frankly. Um, I think you are a wing player away, at least, from being an elite team in the NBA. I do not believe that the Jazz would win two games against the Bucs in a seven-game series. I think the Milwaukee Bucks have gotten exponentially better. Mm-hmm. And I think when you look at the development of a guy like Giannis, who is now comfortably and consistently hitting his 20-footer, you're, you're, you're in trouble. That's a very good basketball team. I think you look at what the, the Lakers, I think you look at how well Golden State um, you know, weathered the storm in L.A. last night. Um, and again, it's game one. We're very early. None of these teams will be what they are today. When we even get to Christmas Day, this is going to be a different league. Mm -hmm. When we get into January and February in the All-Star break, this is going to be a different league because you can't tell me the Lakers aren't going to make trades. You can't tell me teams like the Clippers and the Suns aren't going to make trades. I would hope that the Utah Jazz are going to upgrade this roster over the course of this season heading to the trade deadline because if they're not, this is going to be a disappointing year. I, I really don't know how else to say that. <laughs> They're good enough to get there. They just can't win. Royce O'Neal is not a championship caliber player. Um, it, you know, a guy like Joe Ingles has a very limited use on this roster and on this team. And again, my I still will maintain we need to see more from Rudy Gobert because right now he's not a guy, in my opinion, that wins you a championship. And I know that everybody wants to roll out with how good he is defensively. And again, on the YouTube channel yesterday, there was a debate about whether or not um, you needed him to score points. You need Rudy Gobert to be a 20 and 20 guy. You need Rudy Gobert to score you 20 points a night because when he's doing that and it's not just on rebounds from missed threes, you're going to win a lot of games. If you're still making 40, 45% of your threes and Rudy Gobert is still scoring 20 points, this team is just about unbeatable. Yes. And, and I, I just don't – I think that's inarguable. So this whole thing of him hitting 15-foot jump shots is critical. It becomes a – he becomes a difference maker if he is just cleaning up the glass and scoring one or two jumpers a night, hitting one or two jumpers a night. That's the do – you, do you understand that's the difference between 15 and 20 points is just Rudy popping a 15-foot jumper from the elbow. It makes a huge difference, especially, by the way, because you're paying him $41 million a year. Yeah. And you are strapped on the cap. So it makes a difference. You need to get 
an all-around performance from him. All right, a lot of comments. Hey, if you are here, please hit subscribe. Um, we are uh, rising again towards 3,000 subscribers here on YouTube. And when we get there, we are going to give away this Xbox Series S. 512 gigabytes of power to our 3,000 subscribers. All you have to do is take a photo that you're subscribed, tag us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, or whatever, one of those. <laughs> uh, you can find me, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Um, and you can find Jake, SLC Supercars, on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, even though you're not much of a TikToker. Not yet. I, I love TikTok. I use it every day. Uh, the Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. That's how you will win uh, this Xbox Series S. By the way, thank you for another big day on the podcast yesterday. Uh, it's fun to see us growing on Amazon. Um, if you search Amazon, if you just ask Alexa, hey, play the Monty Show podcast, she will do that for you. So it's fun to see all the people now listening on Amazon. Thank you for doing that. Thanks for supporting the show. We appreciate it. Let's get some of your comments in here. Um, Utah Jazz fan from India just comes in and says no. Okay. 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 Well, we appreciate right. that. Okay. Uh, Cody Strickland says, good morning, men. I'm excited for tonight. One, can't wait to watch the Jazz. Two, can't wait to hear Philly scream F when F Ben Simmons, LOL. I don't understand the Ben Simmons thing. I don't think a lot of people understand the Ben Simmons thing, and that's why it's such a problem. <laughs> why have the Sixers not traded Ben Simmons yet? It is a conundrum, and I always say this about whether any sport where there's a player conflict. What are you trying to prove? If you are Daryl Morey, the GM of the Philadelphia 76ers, what is it you are trying to prove? You have now a track record of trading players that are superstars who are disgruntled. So is it that you're trying to right your James Harden wrongs? Like, what are you trying to prove here with Ben Simmons? Ben doesn't want to be there. It doesn't look like his teammates want him there. Joel Embiid crushed him yesterday. And by the way, it's costing Ben Simmons millions of dollars because you want to be stubborn. So well, I And I, don't, I think the Sixers view that as leverage. And the thing that I laugh at all the time is, People around the league are like, the Sixers have the leverage. But do they really? They're going nowhere without Ben Simmons or a replacement for Ben Simmons. They are not good enough without Simmons defensively. They are not good enough. Dude, you're talking about a team who lost to the Atlanta Hawks with Ben Simmons. They're not going anywhere without Ben Simmons. It just, it's just not happening. Like, I just don't get why you wouldn't trade him. I mean, this goes all the way back to, you know, the the Bryce Harper days as a as a Washington National when they wouldn't trade him, right? This goes there are so many examples and and I just want to say why go through all this consternation? Why why make it a thing where you you have to get a superstar back for Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons isn't a superstar. I got news for you. Ben Simmons is very good. Ben Simmons can do a lot for your basketball team, but he is not near the best player in the league. It's not close. He is a second, maybe even third-tier player on some nights, depending on what his brain is telling him to do. Well, I, I see, I would slow your roll. I think Ben Simmons is a very good player, and I think that Ben Simmons has things he needs to work on. Very clearly, his jump shot is one of them. Um, there was almost daily, if not you know weekly, if not daily, film of him shooting this offseason – he was trying to prove a point this offseason. He was not working with the the uh, Sixers, excuse me. He had a shooting coach. 
he was in LA and he was putting in work and he was showing workouts. He was showing in games and in scrimmages where he was shooting. Like I think Ben Simmons has a point he's trying to prove. And that is a, I'm never going to play for the Sixers again. And B, I'm going to go somewhere and I am going to be a much better player than I was for the Sixers. The problem is Daryl Morey is stubborn. And this is a huge mistake because all Daryl Morey's doing at this point is damaging the franchise. Because now Ben Simmons is even more of a distraction than he was. If you didn't hear the news yesterday, Doc Rivers sent Ben Simmons home. The Sixers were practicing. Simmons had reported late last week taken his COVID test, he is vaccinated, mm-hmm. passed it, and now he's back with the team. Well, on Monday, he kind of huddled up with the team at the end of practice, but just walked off. Didn't really huddle up, didn't really do the one, two, three, sixers, didn't really do the hand up chant thing, and just went back to the locker room, did not meet with the media. Then apparently at practice yesterday, he was asked to take part in a drill and refused. He was asked again to take part in a drill, and he again refused. And Doc Rivers said, well, if you're not going to play, why don't you just go home? So Ben Simmons, who was standing on the sideline, dropped the basketball he was holding, walked out, and left. Happily went home. Because he doesn't want to be there. Yeah. And the issue is, even when he did report last week, he straight up allegedly according to ESPN, told the Sixers, emotionally, I'm not here. I don't want to be here. I am only here to get paid, and I am not ready to play basketball yet. I'll let you know when I am. And they allowed him to report, and they allowed him to be around the team with that mindset. Trade this guy already. What are you hanging on to? Yeah. What's the best-case scenario? Right now, the best-case scenario is trade him somewhere and get somebody who can help you. You're not going to get a star in return. You're just not. Send him out west. You could have had, by some accounts, you could have had James Wiseman from the from the, the Warriors in a three-team deal. You should have done that deal. And now, the, the funny thing is, I think Ben Simmons has the leverage. You have to trade him. Yeah. You have to. And now you are going to get less than you would have gotten over the summer if you had put your ego in your back pocket and traded him. I I don't know how else to say that players control this league. Executives and owners do not. Players control this league, period. And I think we're finding that out, by the way, with the Brooklyn Nets because the Brooklyn Nets miss Kyrie Irving. That much is very clear. So here's my question. Why the fuck haven't you traded Kyrie Irving yet? You know that the guy doesn't want to get vaccinated. You know that your owner is done with him because the owner there feels like Kyrie Irving lied to him. And again, real quick, if you didn't hear this, Kyrie Irving went to San Diego for Nets training camp. They had their training camp in La Jolla, California, just north of San Diego, which is where the owner of the team lives. He sat in the living room of the owner's house and said, you're not going to have to worry about this vaccine thing. I'm taking care of it. (laughs) And he still has not gotten vaccinated. Now they are not paying him. He's away from the team and they look like trash last night. Yeah. They did not look good against Milwaukee. They need to train him and they need to do it now. And by the way, he's also said he's not going to retire Kyrie Irving. Of course not. He's not going to retire. Who's in a worse situation there? 
The Sixers or the Nets? The Sixers, by far, because the Nets actually have talent that can overcome Kyrie Irving. I, I think what we saw last night was the Nets just are not on the same page defensively right now. But once once that shift oh. happens, they will they will be a better team. But I, I I think the 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 problem for the Sixers is is they they need Ben Simmons or they need a guy on his level to to be on the floor for them. I mean, they don't have Kevin Durant and and, and James Harden and. Joe Harris in the corner and like all these guys who who can overcome the defensive mistakes. So I just think that Ben Simmons is a, is a malcontent. He's been a malcontent. Uh, my biggest problem with Ben Simmons is that uh, I don't think he believes in himself. I don't think he's believed in himself since he got in the league. I think that if if you believed in yourself, we wouldn't be talking about how you don't have a jump shot. How many guys have we seen fix their jump shot? I'm tired of Ben Simmons not having one. You know. If he had a jump shot, we wouldn't we wouldn't be here. The- I think that Ben Simmons believes in himself, and I think he just does not want to be in Philadelphia. I you don't perform at the level he's performed at for his, over his career, and not believe in yourself. But 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 I'm being serious here. That's great that he's put up good numbers, right? Like that's a, he's established himself as a, as a good player in the league. But when it matters most, when you want to be you know a champion or you want to be regarded as one of the best players in the league. I mean, you're, this is a guy who passed up an open dunk in the playoffs. Like, this is a guy who right, clearly but that, has issues. But again, why was he put in that position? That, like, I, I, that's the thing that I think people overlook. Ben Simmons now still can't shoot as far as we know. Do you think the Sixers don't know that? You put him in a position where he had to shoot a three and wouldn't and then went to the basket and wouldn't like you put him in a position to fail. And this is my argument with doc rivers over and over again. It's why the Clippers failed. Doc rivers is overrated as a head coach. He is. And he does not put guys in a position to succeed, but you look at the Sixers, the Nets, like if you look at what happened in the NBA last night, I think the Lakers are the team that you're terrified of because the Lakers last night, Showed you what they're capable of. When you have LeBron and AD doing 30 and 10 apiece and LeBron giving you five dimes, running the floor, blocking shots, playing like... Being LeBron. He he looked fabulous last night. And Anthony Davis has clearly lost weight. His legs are clearly stronger. Mm-hmm. That team, when they get their chemistry together... I don't think we're going to have any idea what they are until just just late in the first half of the season because Russ was terrible last night. Like, he has no idea what he's supposed to do with the ball. Westbrook, right? It, well, it's not – see, and again, I'm not trying to pick on you, but everybody goes back to the fact that he doesn't make shots. He okay, doesn't. Good. Well, great. We all know that. But the issue is he doesn't know if he's supposed to shoot, pass, drive. Like, you can just see – he doesn't know what he's supposed to do in that offense because it, it, over his entire career, he's been able to do whatever he wants to do. But now he's like the fourth option on that team. And the the thing is that, that is so scary about the Lakers, they're going to clean up their defensive issues. They didn't lose the game on offense last night. They lost the game because Carmelo Anthony left Steph Curry all alone on three different possessions. Late in the game, I mean, are you really leaving Steph all alone at the top of the key for a three? No, they're going to clean that up. 
That there's no doubt about that. The turnovers, the wild passing, the they're going to clean that up. Malik Monk throwing the ball all over the gym, they're going to fix that. They're going to be very good. I can't say the same thing about the Sixers or the Nets because the Nets cannot defend. And I I think they cannot, they're going to outscore just about everybody, but they're going to lose a lot of close games because they can't defend. And until they show that they can, nobody's going to defend Giannis now. Like he is going to be, he's going to, in my opinion, if he stays healthy, Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to go on a run that we've never seen in the NBA before because there's no way to stop him. If you want, if you want to let him shoot, he'll knock it down now. If you want to take the jump shot away from him, he's going to dunk on you. There, it, it, it's that simple because he doesn't have to run you over anymore to score. They're they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. So, the league's getting better. The Sixers are not. The Nets are not. The Nets are the same team. They they almost the exact same team they were last year, which brings me back to the Jazz. Are the Jazz better than they were last year? That's a this a huge question mark on this team. The core is not better than it was. You have this. That's why I said you're you're built around the same guys you were built around. You just added some external pieces that should help you backstock when you get those injuries. I mean that that's why I say we started the show asking if they're a you know if they're a team that could compete for an NBA championship, and yeah. I don't think that they are. I, I don't think the Jazz are better than the Nets. I I definitely don't think they're better than the Lakers, and I know for a fact they're not better than the Bucks. It'll be interesting to see who all these teams are going into the all-star break because that's when this the, this whole thing's going to make or break yeah is who's going to make moves and again not to be redundant on the jazz show me you're something other than you've always been now this offseason has showed you that they've made they've splashed cash fired dennis Lindsay. you've put different people in different positions you went and got Rudy Gay. You went and got Hassan Whiteside. Like, you did put, well in the draft. I mean, Zaire Wade now is on your G League team, so another nepotism situation is happening. Like, I mean, you know, nothing. Okay. Anyway, the point is, it's not the same as it's always been. So I think, I think you can expect that this team's going to be aggressive at, at, at the deadline. I do. I hope so. All right, uh, Eric C. says, this is it. This year feels just like the Jazz feels – this year just feels like the Jazz to lose. Okay. Eric's already trolling, and it has nothing to do with San Diego State. <laughs> um, Tanner Plummer says, morning, guys. Thanks for doing the show. It gets me through my morning. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for being here. The Blind Sportsman says, the best podcast of the day is here. Let's go, Monty Show, and let's go, Jazz. It all starts tonight, Swordsman. Appreciate y'all. Utah like Jazz this. fan from India says they cannot win anything with Quinn Snyder's, Snyder's stubbornness. Okay. Okay, so what? when you say he was stubborn, how was he stubborn? James Knight says, I have some reservations. The LA Lakers are a championship team. I don't. That what are team, your reservations? I, I'm, I'm being serious. Like, well, I would love to hear what people think of the Lakers after last night because I could definitely see some people saying – that the chemistry issues are going to be a big problem for them because because Russell Westbrook is being asked to do something he's never done and and you've been a yeah. lot you're being a lot nicer to him this morning than I'm going to be. Uh, there's no excuse, just like there is with Ben Simmons. There's no excuse to not be able to knock down a 15 footer in whatever he is in, in his 11th season but it's, in the league. It's game it's game one in a completely but new situation. Been, no, it actually isn't who he's always been. Okay, how he is has, this any he different? It, he it is different with Russ because. 
he's not going to be, he's never going to be. He can work on it all day long. He is never going to consistently shoot probably even 35% from three. That's just not who this guy is. But what he is is an elite downhill runner that distributes and gets to the basket. That's when Russell Westbrook is his best. The Lakers have a laundry list of three-point shooters. What they need to do with Russ is figure out how he's going to fit into that offense. And that just takes time. They need to play games. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. He's never going to be a good three-point shooter. The Lakers know that. But LeBron last night starting like 9 of 11 from the floor, his game is clearly evolved. You know, the thing with the Lakers that, that was surprising is they didn't – they started DeAndre Jordan. Like, why would you start DeAndre Jordan? Yeah, I don't – as much as we criticize Doc Rivers for not putting guys in a successful position, I don't understand the starting five last night. Like, I, you, you, what, what happened to – Davis and Braun at the five and the four and having Russ at the one. I, I don't understand like where that went. What, like, so let me get this right. You want to put Russell Westbrook in a position to shoot a bunch of shots because you want to start Deandre Jordan at the five. That that's what we're saying. Like that, that's what, that's what you want to do. And I get it. It was the warriors and the warriors don't have size. I get that. And, and we'll see if the starting five changes based on matchups. And, and I'm a big, I'm a big believer in that. I think the NBA is all about matchups and winning each individual matchup, but at the end of the day, I just I'm tired of talking about guys not being able to shoot a basketball as a professional basketball player. I'm tired of it. I'm over it. I'm done. Like like now that Lonzo has figured out how to shoot a basketball, now that now that you've got you know these guys improving their jump shot, but there are just some guys who like, can't who are never going to be able to shoot. There are just some how guys. Do you, how do you how are you comfortable saying that when you've got it? We're in we're in an age of NBA basketball where you have all these trainers and people who can help you and change your mechanics because it's and do mental this. and guys like Russell Westbrook's the perfect example. He's a head case. Yeah. The guy is a head case. It's not physical. It's mental with him. He is Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is borderline insane. Like the guy, he, he, he trust me when I tell you it's mental with these guys. Lonzo ball is a young player who has access to, a lot of different talent around him and he's taken advantage of that mm -hmm. and Russell Westbrook I don't think has the mental capacity to do that but having said that they don't need him to shoot the three they really don't if if they're in the market if they truly are willing to trade you know Talon Horton Tucker to upgrade this roster you're screwed because if they it, I'm man we'll see I'm not disagreeing with you that Russ can't shoot but it it's not logical to say that, you know. Last night I saw him miss several mid-range jump shots. I'm not saying he's got to be, you know, the best three-point shooter in the league or even a serviceable three-point shooter. But what I'm saying is they really need him to knock down the opportunistic jump shot that he is inevitably going to get five to six times What a game. they need him to do is facilitate. He has one job on that team, rebound and run. That's his entire job. If he never makes a three, if Russell Westbrook doesn't make a single three the entire season, the Lakers will be better for it. Yeah. Because why is Carmelo Anthony on this team? Why is Kendrick Dunn on this team? Why is LeBron? Why is AD? Why are all of these guys that they have on their 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 squad on the team? Yeah. I'm not I'm not I 
I think you think I'm trying to say that I, I want Russ to make threes. I don't. I don't. I'm not saying I need him to make threes. I'm saying that I need him to knock down the 15 footer. I need him to just knock down the very straightforward, easy jump shot. That's it. Like I, I think you need Kent Bazemore to do better than two of eight. Yeah. If he's going to start for you, you need to do better than two of eight. I think when you look at Avery Bradley, Avery Bradley's going to get more minutes. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. The Kent Bazemore thing was silly to me. I I, I don't know what I, – I'm not really sure how Kent, Kent Bazemore broke the starting lineup last night. I, I don't really get that. Gonna, who else are you going to start? Uh, there's there's got to be another combination. There's got to be more more there. I, I Like, I get that Kent Bazemore is a good defender, but I, I don't know. Was a, was Avery Bradley available for them last night? Yeah, he played eight minutes. Yeah, I, I like he, he's been on the team one guy. He's been on the team one day. Avery Bradley's been a Laker one day. Mm -hmm. You didn't have another option. It, it, it the the understanding of of you just have to understand who they are. This is the same thing with the with the Jazz. This is what I say about the Jazz all the time. Why does Royce O'Neal start? Because he's a guy that's a starter. He's a guy that is better as a starter than coming off the bench. And just because a guy starts, DeAndre Jordan last night played, what, 13 minutes or something? It's 13 minutes he played. You played Carmelo Anthony 26 minutes. Mm -hmm. That's concerning. Even though Carmelo claims to be in the best shape of his career, and he looks like it, he was three of nine from the floor. That's a problem. You, you're playing LeBron James and Anthony Davis 40 minutes apiece. Mm-hmm. Can't do that. So they're going to have to just figure it out a little bit more. You're going to have to figure out your rotation. I don't think Kendrick Nunn played. He didn't play last night. So he's injured. So it's just time. Time. Kent Bazemore does a lot of little things that nobody recognizes. Mm -hmm. He runs the floor. He gets in passing lanes. He plays good defense. He's a really good rebounder. Um, you know, I just, I just think you need time. How much time? I think you need a, you probably need a month to six weeks to figure out what your real rotation is going to be on this team. Because mm -hmm. you got to figure out how – you got to figure out – Russell Westbrook has to figure himself out for the Lakers to be elite. It is that simple. Because Russ can't go 4 of 13 and 0 of 4 from 3. That's what I'm saying. You cannot have him shoot that much. You, you just can't. And furthermore, you can't have him turn the ball over four times in addition to that. Because if you look at those numbers, that's 17 possessions that Russell Westbrook gave to the other team. Okay, well, he made four shots. Okay, well, that's 13 possessions that Russ gave to the other team. They, you lost by seven points. 13 possessions went the other way. I, I, you're not going to live with that. You're not. Yeah. If he had shot, if he had shot O of O from three and had driven to the basket and gotten blocked four times, you'd be okay with that. But none of those threes were going in. Yeah. So, anyway, I don't mean to belabor the Laker point. but I just don't feel sorry for these guys. I I, it, I lose patience for, for, A, Frank Vogel starting DeAndre Jordan last night. I, I don't – I just really don't understand that. And then, B, I just, I just don't understand what happened to the concept of – Hey, Russ is going to be our point guard. We're we're not asking him to shoot the ball, whatever you just said. Well, and like, I th I think we saw that last night. He was on the ball the majority of the time, but I think what we saw was a a sort of what we thought we'd get, sort of 
from the Lakers. LeBron James on the block is unstoppable. Yeah. He's got a bag of tricks with his back to the basket. I don't know how he keeps doing it. I, I don't. Because he comes up with something new every single... A wrong foot fadeaway jumper. A wrong foot teardrop. It's I don't know how he's doing this. He's 86 years old. How do you explain that LeBron James every single year shows up in elite shape He's one of the most conditioned guys in the NBA. And on top of that, he has like three new shots. Yeah. And did anybody notice the three ball going in? Comfortably. I, I Like this is, this is why he is one of the best players in the history of the NBA. For him to shoot 13 of 23. Now he only shot five of 11 from three. As a team, they only shot 35%, which ain't great. But. I mean, I, I I was really impressed. I just for for him for those guys to score sixty seven points. Yeah, LeBron and Anthony Davis are as <laughs> advertised. I mean, this is not a LeBron and Anthony Davis problem. I mean, they, they, it's just not like I I just I I don't know, man. I I I, I the, who would you the have Russell... started instead of of DeAndre Jordan? Because I'm trying. I'm looking at the box last night. You're not going to start Dwight Howard, even though I thought he played really well for them. You're not going to start Dwight Howard. Mm. I mean, I just don't know that they had another place to go because you don't want Carmelo Anthony starting. You need him as a, a guy that comes okay. off the bench. So if Anthony Davis is at the five and LeBron is at the four, as, as we, as was so talked about, yes, you're telling me you can't you can't come up with two other guys on that roster to put in the starting lineup that work? Not today, right now. I don't think so. I don't I don't think so. I mean, I, I think that's why I I just don't know why the hard part is when LeBron's off the floor. Because that's where this Laker team is gonna struggle. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook, when LeBron's off the floor, was shooting, I thought, way too much. I think you gotta feed Anthony Davis. But the issue is Anthony Davis doesn't want to play on the block. That's yeah. probably part of this issue, stylistically speaking, anyway. Yeah, and I don't blame AD for not wanting to be on the block, but I just, I don't know. At the end of the day, we could talk about this round and round, but what I'm saying is is you're not going to get sympathy out of me for Russell Westbrook missing 15-foot jump shots like he did last night. That's just not, I, I'm cool with him not making threes, right? Like, I'm totally fine with that, that he's not paid to make threes, but I, I, I just don't think we can be in a place where we say, yeah, you know, he's never he's he's just not that's just not who he is in, in terms of yes. making jump shots. Yes. That's just not acceptable. Like like Russell Westbrook has to make the mid-range easy jumper. You have to in the NBA to to be a winner. I mean, look no further than the Bucks last night. You you've got Giannis, Middleton, you know, you've got you've got all these guys making jump shots, not even threes. Like yes, there were threes made, but I, but I'm again, I'm talking about the mid-range, you know, 15-footer, that's a high-percentage look. You have to make that if you want to be successful in the NBA. And with their team dynamic, I just believe Russell Westbrook can't miss those. Yeah, and he's going to. He's going to. They're going to have to get their role players to step up. I agree. Um, real quick, on 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 your boy. Hmm. Baker Mayfield right behind you there. Yeah, dude. Bro. Are you guys hearing this story on Baker Mayfield? 
that he has a completely torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Oof, bro. A completely torn labrum. So your labrum is a, a piece of flesh. It's not muscle. It's it's just fiber that essentially lubricates and helps your shoulder stay in place. His is completely torn. So he was just running the other day uh, uh, during the game. He was running and his shoulder fell out of socket. Oh. And it goes back in and he's fine. And then he gets hit and lands awkwardly on his shoulder, which really wasn't that awkward, and it completely dislocated. Oh, dude, no, no. That was Sunday. They play tomorrow, and he stood up in front of the media yesterday and said, yeah, I'm going to play. I'm the one making the decision. Ooh. Yeah, no. I. At what point? The Browns are in trouble. My question is, at what point do you say to Baker Mayfield, we're better with Case Keenum right now because you're injured? Depends how he rolls out. Because Case Keenum is a pretty good backup. He's not as good as Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Who, when Baker's right and everything's right in the world, Baker's probably a top 20, 15 quarterback in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Good enough to get you to the playoffs. But right now, I'd be starting Case Keenum. I would make the decision for him. And this is a guy in a contract here. I get it. But... Uh, that was that's. I gnar. think that Baker. I so the way I would handle it is I would let him start, but I think you gotta you gotta ha, you gotta be on the same page. I'm like, look, man, if 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 we don't feel like you're able to perform because of this injury, we're gonna take you out. We, we are like, you just need to understand that. And 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 I wouldn't be surprised if Case Keenum got time. I, I really wouldn't because I I tend to agree with you. I mean, listen, it, this wouldn't even be a conversation, obviously, if it was his right shoulder. But being that it's his left shoulder. You know, it's a matter of time before he takes that first big hit, you know? And what what does that look like? Does he does that knock him around? Like, mm. it just, I just, I, yeah, yeah. And by the way, you know, you're in a, a, a tough division, so you don't really have time to mess around with this, needless to say. Yeah, I, it's gnarly. It is absolutely gnarly. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get some of your NBA comments in here. I appreciate you guys being here. Um, Eric uh, Devera says trade Ben Simmons for Kyrie Irving. That would be amazing. Cody Strickland says agreed with uh, Ben for rookie of the year this year. Brylark, yeah, like that's amazing. <laughs> Brylark says we can say all we want about Ben Simmons, but he has a real run at rookie of the year this year. Yes, he does. <laughs> that's amazing. Y'all are savages. That's amazing. You know. Um, Brandon Whiteside says Kyrie Irving does this same stunt every other week. Mm -hmm. So did, I say it's one male content for another. Did this, did, you knew this is who this guy is. You knew. Uh, both are a joke in my book. I'm glad they're not a jazz problem. Cody says I would seriously. Agree with that. Uh, angry Astley says Kyrie's a joke. Same with bitchy Ben Lakers and six. Bitchy Ben. <laughs> bitchy Ben's not bad. Brylark says, would you trade a 2030 second round conditional pick that makes Ben uh, that Ben makes it to all NBA to the Sixers for Ben Simmons. I would not. I, I I think as far as the jazz go, I just don't think, why would you want him on the jazz? You don't want him on the jazz. You don't. Yeah. Um, but if you are the Lakers, have you not called the Sixers yet? 
if you are the Sacramento Kings, if you are the Golden State Warriors, I mean, you need a guy like that. Well, and with the Kings, I mean, this Bagley situation is not good either. I don't know how many people have heard about this, but you know, you're you you don't trade him. Then you inform him the other day that he's not going to be in the starting lineup. So what are you doing with him? Oh, that's right. You're hindering his career. That's right, because you're the Kings. So I don't know, dude. Yeah. I just I I. It's one thing or another, it seems like, in the league lately. There's a bunch of guys who are malcontents, don't want to get vaccinated, don't want to abide by rules and, like, be a professional. And that's, you know what? That's my biggest problem with Ben, too. You know, to, to be completely honest with you, I understand his grievance and, and why he might be frustrated, but this is just completely unprofessional at this point, you know? Like, as much as, as guys like, you know, Kobe were uh, a malcontent at times or, like, any of these guys who, who have issues— at least those guys are in the locker room and are not bailing on their team. Yeah. You know, and that's my biggest problem with Ben Simmons and this whole thing. Jordan McDonald says the Lakers are going to struggle. Trading for Russ was a big mistake. Him and LeBron can't play together. See, I just disagree with that. LeBron needs guys who can be on the ball. He needs a dominant point guard. He is not a guy that can bring the ball up for you anymore. That's just not his highest best use. The problem is Russell Westbrook is somebody who, you know, for better or for worse, he's going to have to significantly change his game. And he's got to be a guy who understands they don't need him to score. Uh They need him to rebound, make the occasional open three because you're going to get open threes. And he needs to defend. Yeah. If he does those things, the Lakers are going to be very difficult to handle. And I think he will do those things. He missed two wide open layups last night. He, To me, Russell Westbrook looked like a guy that was nervous. He's playing in his hometown for his childhood team. Like, this a UCLA Bruin. Like, I, I it's just going to take time. Right. It's just going to take time, in my opinion. Um, Brandon White said, says, tons of young players are straight cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Agreed, agreed dude. Agreed, man. Yes. They just are. There, There is a... And say what you want, whether it's millennials or Gen Zers or whatever, but I just think that there are a lot of guys out there who don't take pride in being an absolute professional no matter what's going on. I mean, this is like uh, – it's like Dame. Look at Dame. I mean, Dame was asked the other day, hey, like what happens – you know, what are you going to do if, you know, you guys get off to a slow start this year? Because they're not very good this year. Um, and he said, no, you know, no matter what, I'm going to be here and I'm going to be on the floor. And I, and, I, and I just have a lot of respect for that, you know, especially for a guy in Dame who, who has had all this um, pressure put on him to win a championship, you know, and, and everything that went on. So, I don't know. I just wish that Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving and all these guys – would would show up or would do what they need to do to show up. You're you're paid to play a child's game for a living, and and that's not good enough for you. No, it's not. Uh, Eric Devera says Gobert can at least shoot free throws, thus develop a mid range jumper. Ben Simmons don't. Conley and Kyrie are always injured, but at least Mike has no drama and makes Jazz better on and off the court. Um, the problem is Kyrie Irving is when he's playing is one of the best players in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, he is. You can say a lot of things about Kyrie Irving. That fucking guy can play ball. Yeah, like, I mean, he, he is, is twice, at he, least two times as good as what Conley has ever really been. really play basketball. Yeah, dude. I mean, he is good. They'd have beat the Bucks if he hadn't twisted that ankle last year. 
I mean, he is he is a real difference maker. Um, Eric C says, hit that like button, fella. Jazz begin the, their championship run tonight. Um, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, by the way, if you're here right now, please give us a thumbs up and a like. It really helps the channel grow as we meteorically shoot for Meteorically. Um, the... Let's. How many subs do we have right now? We have twenty five hundred and thirty five. So we're just four hundred and sixty five subscribers away from giving away this Xbox. And that may seem like a lot, but it's, it's not. actually not. It's a couple of weeks. So go yeah. ahead and hit it. Uh, please hit that like button. Smash the thumbs up. It really helps the channel grow. The sooner we grow, the sooner you get a shot at this Xbox. Let's go. By the way, somebody was asking me yesterday um, why we are not giving away lift tickets. We can give away lift if tickets you, if you want. Like, yeah, but I, I mean, listen, you can't hang with us. By the way, real quick before I get a couple more comments in here. Right, right. I got screwed by the supply chain yesterday. Oh. So Burton Snowboards makes their stuff in Asia. Right. And then ships it over. Mm -hmm. You may have noticed there's a massive traffic jam in the Pacific Ocean. Right. Because, well, nobody's working. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've lost millions of people to COVID. My wife's like, why aren't people working last night? Oh, that's right. They're all dead from COVID. Oh, that's um, unfortunate. But like, you'll notice that there's not a lot of people working. So I bought Burton Step-On Bindings from Salty Peaks right. here in Salt Lake City. I think the best board yeah, shop I've ever been in. so good. Um, they came in yesterday. I called. They're like, yeah, your bindings are here. Come on in. We go in last night. And like, oh yeah, Burton didn't get their supply uh, off the car uh, off the cargo uh, ships. They didn't get any XLs yet this year. Their targeted shipping date is November fifteenth. So wait, I paid four hundred bucks for boots, three hundred bucks for bindings that I'm probably not going to get to ride the first half of the year now. Um. Thanks, Donald. Or whoever caused the pandemic. I'm kidding. That was a joke. Relax. 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 Chill out. Um, but yeah, so the supply chain issue continues. Whatever. Which, which is really frustrating. I'd be frustrated too, dude. And and that's why I say like as as cool as, as that is, you know, I, I and I was kind of texting with you about this last night. Like the price of convenience is, is oftentimes high. Like... Because that's well, all this finding is. I mean, that's that's all this this new technology is is convenience. It's it's the ability to not have straps on your snowboard binding, so you can just step into it and you know go riding off rather than having to just stop and and yes. you know tighten down your strap. So like, I just think it is um, it's expensive, and it it when you said that to me, I was like, oh, not surprised. We've heard this before. This probably is December, early December. Yeah, is what I would guess. Uh, Jerome Patterson, I think you're new to the show. I don't know that name. Says, Jazz fans since 98 love the Jazz, but we are not a championship basketball team. Now, if the Lakers Warriors are injured going deep in the playoffs, we have a chance. Well, yeah. that, that's probably true. That's, that's one of the most point. realistic takes I've heard out of a Jazz fan. Well done, sir. Joshua Blaylock-Dixon, what's up? Uh, says, Lakers are too old. I guess we'll find out. Uh, Cody Strickland says, David Locke was asked if Rudy will shoot more 15-footers and said they're – there is no real reason why he needs to make them. That doesn't help the team. And I want to know a good argument you guys have for that. I don't have a good argument for him not shooting more. Yeah. Um, and look, I, with all due respect to David Locke, I mean, he works for the team. What do you think he's going to say? I think that Rudy doesn't need to shoot 10, 15 footers a game. 
He needs one or two. And it is very simple in that it allows everybody else to do more of what they do well. And a guy like a guy like Rudy Gobert knocking down a 15-footer opens up more room in the paint. Because right now, you're not going to be within five feet of Rudy Gobert if he is standing at the elbow. Mm-hmm. There's just no reason to. You have no, no there's nothing to respect there. So what does that do? It takes away his lob, it takes away dribble penetration. It allows double teams off the pick and roll. Look at what people did to Giannis before before this year. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it's it, the same thing. It it is all of that. It is all of those reasons combined. And by the way, why wouldn't you want him to have the ability to shoot a jump shot? Why would you not want to? Because right now you can't give Rudy Gobert the ball. As far as we know, because he still hasn't shown he can dribble. And he has no ability to play with his back to the basket. Mm-hmm. So you're just willing to zero that guy out offensively. And to me, it 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 is it is an excuse to say you don't need him to shoot jumpers. Because when you have Anthony Davis, let's say. Mm-hmm. When you have DeAndre Jordan, let's say. Because I'm trying to – who's the best team in the West? Right now it's the Lakers. After the street closed Davis. If he's five feet off of Rudy Gobert standing in the middle of the paint, yeah, Donovan Mitchell's job just got harder. <laughs> uh, Mike Conley's job got harder. You like, there's it's 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 basketball one on one that you would want Rudy to shoot jumpers. Uh, Dax Johnson, good morning too. He says, "Morning, fellas, old folks, home Lakers can't compete." Jokes, of course. He <laughs> says, "Well." Yeah. You know, look, Johnson. I, it's 642 Pacific time. I'm sure they're getting their Metamucil right now as we speak. I'm going to do that. Kirk Garbett says, unfortunately, the Jazz need other teams to have injuries and they have to stay healthy if they're going to make it to the finals. Wow. I'm really surprised. Like, I'm really surprised to hear Jazz fans starting to come around to this concept. Well, like, guy, you get kicked in the balls long enough. You're finally going to start protecting your nuts. I mean, <laughs> I guess. Uh, it, it, the the Jazz are not talented enough to win a championship. Yeah. I it, But that's why I say you have to upgrade Royce O'Neal. You have to upgrade Joe Ingles. You have to upgrade where you can upgrade. And those are the two guys you can upgrade, in my opinion. Yeah. Spencer Morgan, good morning. He says, was anyone calling Milwaukee a championship caliber team last season before the playoffs? I wasn't hearing it. Hey, old folks, home Lakers guy, do you know what the average <laughs> age of the Jazz roster is? Might want to take a look. Yeah, because they're – they're not young. Uh, Cody Strickland says, watching the Bucs last night, they earned and deserved a championship. I feel like the Bucs not being a top three team to win it this year is disrespectful. It is. Because I seen a great team last night. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I also saw a great team last yeah. night. I really did. Um, Spencer Morgan says, LOL, another Monty Darren story. Another Monty Darren story. I don't know what that I'm means. I'm not sure. Yeah, what does that mean? James Knight says, Grocock has informed me he's going to swan in when the subs get to 29.50. Probably. Oh, really? Probably. So so Grocock's going to try and steal the election again. I gotcha. Yep. Brylark says, lift tickets do real well in Australia this time of year. There you go. Does Vail have a resort in Australia? I don't think they do. But I'll tell you, New Zealand is amazing snowboarding. Um, James Jensen says, I grew up in Magna, Utah, 18 Magna. years. Miss, miss living there still. Uh, keeping the defense honest. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, good old Magna, Utah. I, Magna. Live in, I live in daybreak. I get to look at Magna every day. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, do you guys believe the Jazz are one-dimensional offensively? No, not at all. 
What do you mean one dimensional? Um, they're anything. They're the antithesis of one dimensional. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. I, I'm assuming that's that's coming off the heels of like they like to shoot a lot of threes. Maybe I don't. I don't know why why we're asking that question. But I don't think they're one dimensional. I just think that you know when they play the elite <laughs> teams in the league, their weaknesses get exposed on a pretty high level. Chris Karn changed his name to Traeger 650. <laughs> he says, "Morning, fellas. Food artist formerly known as Chris Karn." Um. Good morning, Chris. We'll Good see job, you. Chris. We'll see you Saturday. Yes. Uh, Cody Strickland says, let's enjoy the jazz season and then care about the playoffs later. They're exciting to watch all year long, and that's okay with me. Yeah, I agree with that. Totally agree with that. I mean, I think this is going to be a very good team. I think they're going to win 50 to 53 games. Yeah, I, I mean, they're definitely going to be fun to, to to watch. There's no doubt. But, but you know, the, the only thing I would say is, we don't watch this jazz team just to say, Hey, I hope you win tonight. This is great. Like that's not why we watch this team. We watch this team because we want them to win a championship and we don't feel like they're there yet. And so we're trying to figure out, okay, well, what could they do? What can you do with Royce and, and Joe at the deadline, potentially bogey at the deadline? I don't think they will, but potentially, um, you know, to, to take yourself to that next level. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I do think they're a 50 to 55 win team. And I think the only teams that are really going to give them trouble are the L.A. teams. I really believe that. So Marcus wants to know why smoking is so much better. Oh, Jesus, dude. I, I don't even Do know we need where to, to begin should with we this. Just start a whole, should we just start the show over? Or Yeah. I mean, um, if you've never used a smoker, A, it's not difficult. It's not unique. It's not. It's the same thing as grilling. And then you eat the food, and it's completely different. Um, the taste, the flavor, the... Locking in juices, like I mean, the yeah, I mean, I I think grilling is here's the thing with grilling, you don't have the ability to to really truly go like low and slow on a protein of some kind, like a chicken or you know a a, a beef product of some kind, and so you wind up only being able to cook for like twenty twenty five minutes because the grill torches everything. Yes. So with the smoker, the cool thing is is that you can throw a rotisserie chicken or not a rotisserie, but like a whole chicken, a young chicken from Costco on your Traeger and put it in at eight in the morning and forget about it till three o'clock in the afternoon and come back out and you're good to go. And then you can turn it up to brown it and it's super juicy when you take it out and everything's awesome. Like that's the difference. And yeah, yes. the taste is it's less charcoaly and much more. I, I mean, I, I hate to say this, but it, it just tastes different. It doesn't taste like it's burnt. It, it legitimately just tastes like it's smoked, like it is a different it's flavor amazing. altogether. Yeah, if you've never used a smoker, dude, you got to get to Barbecue Pit Stop. Yeah. They don't sponsor this show. Uh, go to Barbecue Pit Stop, buy, <laughs> buy a Traeger. I'm a huge Traeger believer. Um, I would buy a Traeger. I have an Ironwood 850. We. Oui. Thank you. Two hours um, Yeah, I mean it's a, it's an amazing piece. It really is. Um, eBay the Sofa Surfer says go Jazz. Spite a Jazz win in twenty two. Okay, let's hope so. Uh, James Knight says I was impressed by the Lakers' transition defense last night. Non-existent. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, seriously. Um, best Jazz player by far is Donovan. Everybody else can go. I well, look, Steve. I don't I don't know that everybody else can go. Um, I mean, it, it's Donovan and everybody else. That's for sure. So, all right. Um, let's move into the non-sports story portion of the program. Where do you want to start non-sports story today? In and out. <laughs> so Jake is a huge in and out guy. 
for I'm, their burgers, not for their fries. I'm a believer clear. that In-N-Out is incredibly overrated. And then we get the story in San Francisco. You know that the state of California and the county of San Francisco have vaccine mandates. Mm-hmm. And if you want to go inside in a restaurant, you have to, to show your vaccine card. The coronavirus. Well, In-N-Out didn't want to do that. So they temporarily closed their restaurant in San Francisco and said, blow me. And they have come out with a statement that essentially says, we are not going to police vaccines for any government. How do you feel about that? Uh, Makes me not want to pay In-N-Out anymore. I I feel like that's In-N-Out furthering the pandemic. I feel like that's In-N-Out not taking people dying seriously. And I think if you're going to be in business, you have a responsibility to protect people, you know? And, and that's just the, the truth of it. And I have no problem uh, taking my money to five guys, frankly. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, it's a little shocking that in this day and age that we have a restaurant that doesn't care whether its customers are vaccinated and will allow them into their dining room to sit with a group of people in an indoor setting. That's asking for trouble. Yeah. And so now... Um, you have a situation in and out in San Francisco where now they've actually reopened and they just don't let people dine in, Mm -hmm. which is how it should have been in the first place. This is stupid. Yeah. If you're in California, the county of San Francisco, the city of San Francisco, verify that people are vaccinated. They can sit inside. Why is this rocket science? And instead, a company like in and out wants to politicize this stuff. And it, and it just, all it does is create division. Yep. And I'm just, I, we, I feel like we say this on a daily basis with the news cycle. I'm tired of politicizing vaccines. When you say that you don't want to police vaccines for anybody's government, what you're saying is you don't support vaccines. Yeah. Which to me is ridiculous. So uh, eBay, the sofa surfer says in and out burgers, the best, not even close. You should try five guys. Yeah. Five guys is pretty damn good. And dude. by the way, Dave's double better no, than in and out. Yeah. Cam Harrison is, you know, Cam, I like you. Oh, boy. Why start trouble? Why start trouble? Cam says, does pineapple belong on pizza? I really don't care if you think it's sus. Yes, pineapple belongs on pizza. Yes. (sighs) Why, Cam? And pizza belongs on a smoker. Just saying. Yes, it does. Uh, In-N-Out tastes better in California. Duh. Uh, James Knight says, for a second, I thought Jake's love life was back on the table. Nope. No, no, it's not. Jake Jake has asked me not to talk about his dating life anymore. It's embarrassing. And the teacher broke up with him because we keep talking about. That's not true. Oh, that's right, because you guys were never dating. So there's no breakup. Bro, you're just being cold, bro. (laughs) You're being cold. eBay, the sofa server, says Chick-fil-A doesn't care if I'm hungry on Sundays. No, it doesn't. By the way, can will you please yeah, reopen when does the, the Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A at the district? Dude, seriously, how long? By the way, that's great you're remodeling your dining room that nobody's going to be sitting in anytime soon. Why are you remodeling right now? Dude, like, w- I don't get it. Well, and the issue is I don't eat out very often at all. I want my fast food breakfast on Saturday mornings. Yeah. Like, how hard is this? I want it. And you're forcing me to do things like go to McDonald's. Like, it's Machiavellian. It's it's, it's terrible. Terribly vexed. Like, what are we doing? 
Where yeah, are we at not, in society not, today? Not, not serving the damn community. That's what we're Who's doing. Who's got the best fast food Where breakfast, Where are we at in society today? Because Yeah, exactly. Because now we want to go to Wendy's for breakfast uh, last Saturday. Because usually on Saturday mornings, we go out and enjoy some breakfast. Mm-hmm. It's usually the treat of the week. We don't eat out. We don't eat extravagant ever. Mm-hmm. any Ever. And, and I just don't understand this whole thing where we... Like Wendy's is closed until noon on on the weekends because of labor shortages. Where are we at in society today? What are we doing? Makes me want to puke. Yeah, seriously. Assholes. Brylark says, Jake, they are remodeling right now because nobody can use it. Why would you remodel when people can sit inside? Duh. Yeah, whatever, dude. Idiot. Whatever, man. Uh, Teddy Wayman says, JCW and Apollo Burger is amazing. Apollo Burger. Yeah, Teddy, can, can we get your can we get your brother or whatever, <sighs> your relatives, to finish remodeling the Chick-fil-A, please? Yeah, can you send Alma over to the Chick-fil-A yeah, and have him knock you. that thing out, please? Guess what? Today, Monday, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah and open. it's not going to be done open. by, you know, next Thursday. It's not. You can only play that on Mondays. Douchebags. It's annoying. I want my egg biscuit. You know. Um, have you guys had Carl's Jr. breakfast? Come no. On. Come, Come on, on, dude. I have standards. Do you know Taco Bell is breakfast now? <laughs> they rolled that out. Did you see that? See, like, but Taco Bell is not food. No, <laughs> I, it's not. I am it's a firm food. believer. It's not. That Taco Bell is just. You want to talk about something that's sus. I'm Shiva, the god of death. Yeah, that's Taco Bell right there. <laughs> I'll give him a call. LOL. Teddy says. Thank a you. good breakfast burrito beats any fast food. Bre- I, that's oh. what I'm saying, yes. dude. Yeah, but you're also the guy who rolls out of bed and you're like, yeah, I'll take a chicken burrito. Bet you weren't expecting this one. Yeah, Jake. <laughs> hey, Jake, we're going to go to, you know, we're going to Cafe Rio. What do you want? Chicken burrito. <laughs> hey, uh, we're going to uh, Mountain Mike's Pizza. What do you want? Chicken burrito. Yeah, next question. Like all you ever get is a chicken burrito. It's reliable. I know what I like. We What's were gonna the problem? Go to, we were going to go to Red Iguana for dinner last night. And we didn't wind up going. Why would you go during the week? Because we saw an ad and it looked really fucking good. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, I'd invite Jake, but they're sold out of chicken burritos. Well, hey. Expand your horizons. You see, I'm a guy of simple taste. It's not chicken burrito. Yeah. Anyway. Um, eBay the Sofa Server says, any Gabby update? Like Gabby Petito? Yeah, she... Uh... One, she's still dead. And two, her boyfriend is still running. And his family is a bunch of dirtbags yeah. who know where he is and won't say. <laughs> She's still dead. Thanks. Thanks. He asked for an update. Thanks. People and like- as you can see, I'm going through some shit right now. <laughs> Gabby, he, I'm sorry. He, he asked for an update. Uh, carpooling with my sister again. She says in and out or die. Thank you. I can't remember if his sister's hot. Oh, no, it, she's it, married. Oh, She's man. married. That's right. She's married. Yeah, please respect my privacy. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. eBay the Sofa Surfer says, best update ever. Brylark says, one, she's still dead. Well, <laughs> you asked. I answered. You know, don't ask me questions you don't want the answers to. Bro. Okay, so um, another shakeup in Salt Lake City Radio. Yeah. Yeah, how about this? So, 1280 The Zone announced their lineup yesterday. And it's basically the same thing with two major exceptions. Jake Scott will no longer be doing Afternoon Drive. They're doing, like, Scott Mitchell. Like, it. it is what it is. Unrivaled in the after. Okay, cool. 
That's a gimmick. And, well, they're adding Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to 2. And Scotty G and Hands from noon to 3. And then Unrivaled from 3 to nobody's going to (laughs) listen. I mean, why would you listen to that over over Spence Checkets? I just, it's amazing to me. Now, three I, to nobody's going to listen. <laughs> right. Like, you know, the thing that annoys me and I and I know I'm kind of a radio geek about this stuff. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you, I, I turn on hands and Scotty G yesterday and the first 20 minutes of the show is complete BS. Nothing because about sports. It's garbage. Nothing about sports. Like, no, like nothing. Yeah. And then you turn on the afternoon show and it's like them talking about their new lineup for like 25, 30 minutes. And last week it was, you know, like you turn on the afternoon drive show after I walk out of the gym and it's, hey, this sandwich was amazing. And that, that like, dude, neat. It's two o'clock. Can you talk about sports? Wait, are they on a sports station? It, it, it like, and I have no problem with non-sports content. Yeah. But man, you're the, the, the zone is the big dog in town. Get younger, get faster, and talk to me about sports. I don't want to turn that station on today and not hear about the Jazz. Wow! Like I, it, 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 it. The top of every hour in sports radio, and at the bottom of every hour, you better be talking about sports. Yeah. And too often, it's sandwiches and erectile dysfunction and snoring <laughs> mouthpieces, and I'm getting all this stuff on. So I flip on Spence, and what's Spence doing? Playing a song for three and a half minutes yesterday at the at two o'clock, which I also like, don't get. Guy, why are you playing a song when I'm tuning into you to talk about sports? Yeah, like it, it and, it's and, amazing. And that's to me. why, and that's why, with all due respect to all these guys, I don't listen. I, you know, I, I'm not trying to be a douche about it, but I don't listen to anybody locally. And and the fact is is I really don't listen to anybody nationally either. The only guy that I really listen to every day is Rome, and that's only because he kind of keeps it fun and lighthearted and, and has a nice time with it. You know, Rome's not the best guy in the world, but at least I can, like, listen to him and laugh occasionally, you know? And he, you know he's going to be on sports. Yeah, it's – it's radio right now is very difficult. And Cam Harrison says that the Monty Show needs to take over the zone. Nah. Um, I, in a in, – and Steve is like, well, why aren't you guys on the radio? Well, because here's the issue with local radio right now. Mm-hmm. And th- it's inarguable. This is real talk. You have no job stability. You don't make very much money. And you're in no control of your situation. And to me, right now, I make extravagant money at Yelp. Um, I perform at a very high level at Yelp. And, you know, I would there this plaque on the wall behind us is literally if you look at what that plaque says. I mean, and and we hang it there for a reason, like we were voted the best talk radio show in Phoenix on a tiny station and we had no control of our destiny. And I'm not going to do that again. And so people are like, oh, you're so thirsty to get it. I'm not actually thirsty. We, I could make the argument that we have more listeners on our our platform between YouTube and our audio podcast than like ESPN 700 has. I would guess. like, But 
I look at the situation these guys are in. There's no stability. There's not, there's not real money. You know, like what are you, you're grinding. Yeah. You work 12, 13 hours a day. Like if you had stability and you could make real money doing it, I'd do it. But there is no real money in it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I just can't, you can't justify it. And the problem is, is most radio companies don't want to be found on a mobile phone. They want they want you to turn on the radio in the car and listen to the show. And it's like, well, guess what? That's not how most people listen anymore. Most people listen on the internet and most people listen on their mobile phones. Yes. Like, think of, put it in the comments right now. Like, how are you watching this show right now? My guess is you're probably watching it on a mobile phone. Like, this is not rocket science. Yeah. Radio is the number one medium in the world for right now. What's happening right now, let's react to what just happened. But you have to do that on a mobile phone. Mm-hmm. It's why ESPN is so dominant. Because you can find any ESPN product, whether it's audio, video, podcast, written, spoken, you name it. It's on a, it's on a mobile phone. They have the best sports app in the world. And you look at the radio stations like in Salt Lake City. How does the zone not have a better app? How does ESPN 700 not have a better app? Go all in on building a mobile app that works and delivers people the content that they want. Yeah. But local radio won't do that. And it costs you money. Like, again, there's so much money to be made in radio. And people don't know how to make money in radio. It's amazing to me. Yeah. You want to keep recycling the same people over and over and over again. Like, I'm thrilled for Ben Anderson. I think he is great on the radio. I really like having him on the radio. And I hope I hope for the best. I hope he's there for the next 20 years. Yeah. If that's what he wants to do. I hope that's what he – I hope that he's – but you have no – you have no say over that. And it's incredibly frustrating. Yeah. So the reason that we're not on the radio is because we don't want to be. We have the opportunities. We don't want to be because we control our own destiny here. Do we make a ton of money doing this? Not really. Not at all. But it's enjoyable. We do our two hours generally in the morning and we podcast it and people listen all day long whenever they want. And if you just Google search our name, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show, all of it comes up. Not hard to find. We're in complete control of it. And it's just one of those things where this is why, like, Chris Karn, who was in here a minute ago, yeah, won the Traeger Smoker. We'll go see Chris Karn on Saturday. We'll take some videos and pictures with him. We'll deliver him a Traeger Smoker, and life will be good. And that's what it should be about. It should be about relationships. We should all be here. The medium isn't the issue. The people are the issue. Yes. The people are the issue. Yes. Radio works just fine when you allow it to work. But if you think about the people on the radio in this town, who is the number one person on the radio in Salt Lake City? You don't know who that is. And everybody wants to point everybody to, oh, they're, you, you just are thirsty for ratings. Yes, you're right. I am. If you're on the radio in Salt Lake City, are you not thirsty for ratings? Is that not what you're paid to do? Are you not thirsty to make money? Of course you are. But here's the issue. So many people are thirsty for that. They forget how to be themselves. Just be you. Just do you. And good things will happen. 
Why didn't you? Well, I tried. Uh, Maury Alvarez says, on my phone, but I usually catch you guys on Apple Podcast. Well, Maury, we appreciate you There you, you go. Here. See, that's what we're talking about. Um, I don't like Monty taking over the zone because if Monty's show will have to change to be a sports only all the time. Well, see, actually, <laughs> actually, actually, that's not true because the show that we did in Phoenix, uh, we did lifestyle stuff all the time um, to the point where um, we turned rice cakes into rice cacks and it was a <laughs> yes. huge joke on the show. That's right. So <laughs> honestly, dude, like the, the in, in that comment and, and I'm not ripping you at all, but that comment, what that comment tells me. Is that is that there is really really bad lifestyle topics being done on the radio, and so people think, well, once they start going to lifestyle, yeah, I'm turning this off and I'll come back in a few for sports. Because on the radio, when you're listening on the radio, yeah, you have to move quickly. Yes, you get about three minutes of people's time. Yeah, it's a totally different thing. Um, James Knight says the unique nature of watching your show on YouTube is the ability to interact with you guys on comments. It's great. It's yeah. one of our favorite parts of the show. Another great thing we did in Phoenix. I, uh, yeah. Um, I just, you know, it is what it is. Marcus wants to know um, why, if we, if you guys know everything, why don't you go teach people everything? Because nobody said uh, we knew everything, but yeah. here's what we do know. Here's what we do know. We know how to run a successful podcast. We know how to win uh, and dominate a market on the radio. That's what we know how to do. We're very good at that. There's no question <laughs> about it. What's proven that oh, that award right there, you can go and Google search it. That award is voted by listeners, yeah, not by like independent critics or you know like industry professionals. That is straight up listeners voting us. We beat the ESPN station and the Fox Sports station on some crap hole station that was unbranded. So it's not that we know everything, but we do know how to do a good <laughs> successful know, show. We know what we know. Yeah, like we, we're, I'm not saying that we're experts in how to cure cancer, but I am telling you we're experts in how to do a great show and how to have fun with it and how to include all of our listeners, which is why, as uh, Dude was saying in the comments, we have the comment section. And by the way, I'm happy for Ben Anderson and Jake Scott. I think they'll do great together. Yeah, seriously. So and I think it's a smart move. You're getting younger. Um, before we get out of here, speaking of knowing everything, I know that Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. Bro, don't start with me. Jeffrey Epstein told somebody somewhere at some time, I don't remember where it was, mm -hmm. he said when you're in prison in isolation, solitary confinement, it's easy to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. Play the music. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Bro, you're, he didn't die in a black hole, okay? You're making it sound like the guy died in some kind of like black hole environment. Did he, he die in a cell by himself? He died in a jail cell that was normal. Not and how in, is it reported he died? By suicide, I get it. He was murdered. I'm better looking than you. I'm smarter than you. And I wear a size 15 shoe. And Jeffrey Epstein diddled children and killed himself. Okay. All right. Good talk. <laughs> good talk. Good talk. Really good talk. Nice job. We'll react to the jazz tomorrow morning. Get you ready for Thursday night football. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.